Welcome back, everybody, to another week of the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. It's week 16 of the Texas high school football season. Everyone is in the playoffs now. How about that? We're finally all kind of on the same page. Uh, we've got a big show in store today. Joining me, as always, is Abigail Ochoa, our high school sports writer. And joining us today again is Mike Lucas of KAGS. Mike, we'll go to you first. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. After a few Texas cold days, it's like 70 and sunny out, so I feel invigorated. Uh, the vitamin D felt good. I got outside a little earlier. And you said we're in the put. We made it. Like, if you think about it, there was a chance we didn't know we were going to have a high school football season to begin with. We are in week 16 now. And we have made it. Like, no matter what happens from now on, I think this is a success in everyone's book that we played an entire regular season and postseason for some teams uh, already. And that's in this pandemic, in this world, I think that's something to be celebrated by itself outside of the accomplishments of each individual team. For sure. Abigail, what's up with yeah. you? Doing pretty good. I mean, I love that we're all in the playoffs. I might finally get the weeks right now. Um, <laughs> you know, now I don't have to think about, oh, we're in week two district and, and this people are in playoffs. But yeah, it feels really good. Um, really exciting to have everybody kind of all in the same spot. And, you know, like Mike said, we, we made it to week 16, which is um, in the COVID world now, it's, it's really exciting and um, to see all these teams continue on. So. For sure. Well, we've got four area teams at the 5A and 6A level that are starting the first round of the playoffs this week. We've also got Franklin. They're in the 3A Division II state semifinals. And we've got Allen Academy that's in the top six-man Division II state semifinals. So we're going to get straight to it. Uh, let's start with 5A, 6A. How about let's start with Brian, okay? Uh, the Vikings, they're back in the playoffs for the first time in four years. They're on the road, though, this week against number eight Cedar Hill in 6A Division II play. Um, Mike, we'll go to you first. You know, what do you feel like has been the key to success for uh, Brian this season? Well, I think the key to success is they found a quarterback. Malcolm Gooden, the sophomore, has been unbelievably good this season in his first real varsity action the past two years their district was brutal I mean they played some of the best teams on a week-by-week -week basis in 6a and if you don't have an offense that can score consistently you're just not going to compete with those teams so it helped that they moved districts up to the Waco district and the Colleen district that's definitely more uh, a fair playing field for them and notice respect to Nico Bullhoff because he came in and he helped them win a game on a you know game-winning drive earlier in the season he's been a great kicker but he didn't have that explosive play factor that Malcolm Gooden brings to the table to them. And we saw they beat a couple teams in quote-unquote shootouts. I mean, it was 34-32. They couldn't score 30. I had no confidence in them scoring 32 points last year. I just I didn't, and it's no disrespect to anyone out there. Uh, they just they didn't do it consistently enough. So I think that's been one major thing, and this defense has just continued to get better with Nick Carraway, Dwayne Paul Hill, Kenny Collins in the back end. It's a really good defense. But at the same time, they have not seen an offense like they're going to see this Friday in Cedar Hill, who has Caden Salters, the Tennessee commit at quarterback. And as Ross Rogers told me on Monday, weapons galore. He said, well, they might not be faster than some of those clean schools, but they're just deeper. And we're going to have to bring our A game if we're going to advance to the area round. 
For sure. You know, Brian, they, they hung in there with Temple earlier this season. That's definitely the best team they've played so far. Uh, Temple pulled away there in the second half. But, you know, Abigail, going to you, what do you feel like are some keys to Brian having a chance to pull an upset here on Friday? Yeah, you know, like Mike mentioned, obviously Brian's been a lot stronger this season. I mean, they had a rough go around um, in District 2. I mean, they had some tough teams in there. And we saw with Ellison, who we thought maybe they were going to kind of run all over. That ended up being a tight game, too. So um, they've definitely gone through the trenches um, this season. Um, but they always seem to come out in the fourth quarter, get some big stops on defense. And and like Mike mentioned, Malcolm Gooden obviously um, is a very strong this season, and he's a really good guy for them to lean on. Obviously, they're going to have to get past um, Cedar Hills, you know, Salter, and, and even Kevin Young Jr., who's their running back, um, who's a big guy for them. So it's going to be important for them to not only contain those guys a little bit, um, who, you know, are used to getting 200 yards, plus um, every week. Um, but the offense is also going to have to match that intensity. And I think with Gooden, they're going to have a good chance to do that. Um, you know, I've talked about all season for Brian. They've kind of, um, it's been a very second half dominated team where they, you know, they, the first half is great, but then the second half, either the other team comes back or Brian comes back um, to tie it. Or there's always a lot of uh, theatrics, I guess, in the second half for Brian. Um, and, I feel like if they let it get that far to the fourth quarter, it might be too late, especially with those guys at Cedar Hill who have been dominating this season. So it's going to be really important to, to um, get the offense going really quickly, match their intensity. Um, but they've been strong all season. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they face this other tough team, kind of how they've done all season, like you mentioned with Temple and teams like that. Moving along, College Station, the Cougars, they're kind of in cruise control right now, but they're shifting gears here pretty soon into the fast lane. Uh, 5A Division One, Region 2 might be the toughest region Insane. in the, in the state. Um, Stupid. But, but before we get to that, Abigail, I, I want to ask you, you know, what do you feel like has allowed the Cougars to really just – keep cruising on offense particularly I mean they've got the three-headed monster in the backfield and Jet Huff just seems to get better week by week yeah you know I think we saw them struggle obviously against Magnolia in the beginning and we've talked about that they weren't able to get anything going offensively and I thought oh you know are we going to see this later on in district obviously they have a tough district they have a tough region in general um, but we weren't quite sure how they were going to react to the other um, teams in this district but I really think they pulled it together. Um, that those <laughs> Mark, Roger Brown and Mark, Marquise Collins are, I mean, once you get them going, um, it's really hard to stop them. Um, and I think that helps them a lot. I think that's helped them a lot this season. That's something that they were missing in that Magnolia game. Um, and we've seen it, you know, we saw it against Lufkin and, and now we've seen it in this, you know, they've gone undefeated other than that Magnolia game to start off with, but that's really big for them. They also have a lot of receivers that Huff can get to, and he's looked really strong um, as well in this latter part of the district. Um, we've seen him break school records almost every week. So, <laughs> you know, once they get those guys going, I think that's really strong for them. Um, and their defense has always been strong. I think we've always talked about that. Um, I, I think maybe that wasn't as maybe a point of contention, um, you know, as much as the offense was. 
we were kind of curious to see what they were going to do, but their defense has been very strong. Um, they put a lot of pressure on the guys. They're very athletic. Um, so I think when you have all that come together, um, I think that's really been big to the, their success this season. Yeah, you know, I went out to College Station earlier this week and I was talking to Coach Huff and he was saying that one one big thing, and Roger Brown said this too, of the, the offense's tempo has really increased and we know how fast College Station can go. I mean, if you're keeping stats, you got to work fast or else you're going to miss the next play. Um, but, you know, Coach Huff said too, you know, the defense, they've been doing a really good job giving their offense really good field position. I saw that when I went and covered them at Cleveland. College Station started in plus territory almost every single drive. So having all three phases really work together as a unit uh, collectively, I feel like has really helped them. And, you know, last week they, they zipped past Magnolia West, which, you know, I think I expected them to win. I didn't know if they'd win 70 to 28 though. Yeah. But, and now they're facing Sherman. It's on a Saturday. Um, this is a game they should probably win, but Mike, what are the Cougars' chances of making it out alive? Because if you win this game, you're almost certainly playing a second-round game against number one, Denton Ryan. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how to put a fair percentage on that. I, I will say this. College Station's offense could give any team in the, in the state 5A, 6A, 12A, 52. I, I don't care. That offense can give any team troubles. It can. They have so many weapons in the backfield, at receiver. Jet Huff, he hasn't missed throw. The dude completed like 87% of his passes this year. Alex, do you have the ability to cut out and post little snippets of podcasts as like teasers? Yeah, probably. I want this on a teaser. Jet Huff is the high school Drew Brees. Drew Brees breaks his own records every week, and they gave him that little plaque like, hey, you just threw for the most Monday night football touchdowns in the third quarter on the second Tuesday. Jet Huff breaks his own record every week. He completed 13 of 14 passes. The next week he goes 15 of 16 to break his own record. He was so good one day that in your Brazos Valley honor roll write-up, he was 14 for 13. He had 110% completion percentage because he doesn't miss. He is the high school Drew Brees, and he has been unbelievable. We talked to Steve Huff, his dad, a couple weeks ago, and he said for the first time since I've been here, I have guys I have to get the ball to on the outside. He wants to run, but he has to get the ball into Traylon Sewell's hands, Dalton Carnes's hands, Houston Thomas's hands. They have so many weapons that Denton Ryan's fantastic. Can they beat them? Yeah, I think they can. Would I think they're going to be the, the Vegas favorites if we were Ozmakers? Probably not. Denton Ryan's number one in the state for a reason, and they've beaten a couple highly ranked 6A teams. So I hope they can. I think there's absolutely a fighting shot they can because that offense is that dynamic. But that region is brutal. Because even if you get past Denton Ryan, it doesn't get easier. No. You get top 10 Frisco Lone Star next, most likely. And then it just gets harder. And like college station should move to East Texas or something, get out of the district if they can, because that, that's brutal. But if any team could do it, I think college station and that offense can. For sure. I think we can all agree that whoever wins 5A Division I, Region 2 has earned that region championship. Yeah, they deserve that. For sure. Um, we'll, we'll keep cruising along here. Uh, AM Consolidated. They're making the longest trip of the week. They're going to Longview this Friday, uh, facing Longview Pine Tree in the by-district round. This is a rematch of last year's by-district game. The Tigers won 42-14, to pulled away there in the second half. 
Consol, they kind of had an up and down second half of the season in district play. They finished third behind Huntsville and Montgomery. You know, they won handedly against Pine Tree last year. Pine Tree's got a lot of guys returning, including their starting quarterback, DJ Freeman, who the Consol defense definitely remembers. Eric Goodman was telling me about him. You know, what do you, what do you guys make of the Tigers' playoff prospects? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously they beat Pine Tree last year, which um, I'm sure gives them some confidence there. But Pine Tree's a different team this year. So, you know, I think it might be a little bit tighter than, than uh, maybe that blowout last year. Um, you know, Pine Tree, they haven't won eight games since I think the 70s I was reading about. So this season is really big for them. They're really trying to prove some stuff. Um, I know in district, you know, opponents were averaging about 22 points for them. Um, so, you know, they're definitely a different team this year. Um, and we've seen Consol struggle a little bit. Um, they haven't been as consistent. Um, I think the game against Rudder, I really wanted to see, um, see some more things for them. I wanted to, you know, see Kyle Willis get more movement, um, get to his receivers a little bit more. And I want to see the defense step up a little bit like – it, like it should be with all those veterans on it. Um, so we've seen them pretty struggle, um, struggle pretty hard. Um, and I think it's going to be a hard to get past Pine Tree. Um, I think they do have a chance, but we really need to see Consol kind of dig in and, and really find their rhythm. Um, you know, College Station, we talked about earlier, kind of struggled in that first district game, but they really found their rhythm and they've been very consistent, consistent since. Um, and I think we really need to see that from Consol. I haven't really, um, you know, Sutton Lake is great for them, but he can't do everything. Um, he can't make every field goal um, or, or get every run um, or touchdown for them. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how far the Tigers are going to go this year, but um, they're definitely going to have a big test um, this week against Pine Tree. For sure. You know, I went out to Consol earlier this week and I talked to Coach Fedora and we all know Coach Fedora has been a part of a couple state championship teams. He's had some good playoff runs. And I asked him, you know, what is the key to putting together a playoff run, a good playoff run? And he said, it's chemistry between guys. And it, and it all comes down to how they're meshing. That seems to be the common denominator for him. And I said, well, how's it going? He said, said that they're, they're, they're working on it and it's getting better. And I think, I think that's something that they've been looking for is that consistency and Mike, I'll turn it to you. You know, the last time we saw Consol, they they came out and they got by Rudder in that overtime game. You know, how good was that for them to get the win in kind of a tight environment, an overtime game, a must-win game? And now now they head into the playoffs, and it, it's a long road trip and a team that they're kind of familiar with. Yeah, I mean, I think that was virtually a playoff game against Rudder. So they have, in theory, a playoff win under their belt already. And I talked about this with A&M this week. It, it takes – it's winning doesn't just happen. There really is an art form to learning how to win. And it's easy to blow out a team 77 nothing when you're the superior team. You have more talent. You have – you know, everything's going to work. You want to run the ball. There's going to be four-foot holes for your running backs to find. That's easy. But in close, tight games, you have to learn how to win. And this Consol team over the last few years, which I know players come in and out, they're stars from last year now playing college football, but – you have to learn to win on a year-to-year -year basis because every team is different. And we've seen Consol this year now slowly and surely learn how to win. And I think that rudder game is a culmination of them putting some of those lessons they've learned throughout the season together. So they got down against Huntsville, 
were never able to fight back. Well, they were down against Rudder, and guess what? They found a way to claw themselves back into that game and eventually win in overtime. The one thing I really like about Consal and this matchup is defense travels. And this Consal defense has been really good for the majority of the season. Now, they've given up some big plays. They weren't perfect. But they're a really good defense led by Eric Goodman and Vince Sheffield and a couple of those guys on the outside. So defense travels. And if you play good defense, you have a chance to win any game. I don't know a whole lot about Longview Pine Tree, but I do know the last two times they've played Consal, Consal's defense has had an answer for what they want to do offensively. And I don't expect that to change. Now, players can be different. It may not be as talented as they once were, but I like the scheme that Consal should be able to come up with to stymie that Longview Pine Tree uh, offense. And we still haven't seen that one offensive explosion game from Consal against a good opponent. I think they're due. I, I know that sounds weird, but yeah. kind of think they're due for one game where everything on offense clicks and we see uh, Thomas and Lake rush for 200 yards and Kyle Willis throw a couple touchdowns. So I like the Tigers' chances in this by-district round matchup. Sure. Uh, staying in 5A Division Two, but moving to Region 4, the Brenham Cubs. They're home this week against Marble Falls in round one on Friday. Uh, this is a familiar former district foe. You know, Mike, I'll go to you. Could the Cubs be a dark horse in Region 4 down at the 5A Division Two level? I think they can. I, they're in the right, to, the right region. First off, they are not in the region of death, if you want to split it up that way. They have a first-round game at home, which they have been very good at home. And I was at the game they lost to Leander Rouse, which turned out to be the district championship game, the unofficial one. They were better than Leander Rouse. Leander Rouse just played better that night. And it was pretty evident from the get-go that Brenham's offense just wasn't clicking, and they scored two late touchdowns to make the game close. And they actually had a chance to win at the end. There was some questionable clock, not management, but the clock, Looked like it should have been stopped with a couple of seconds left. It didn't. No need to make excuses, but they were the better team. And that defense, we're talking about defense again. They have two shutdown corners in Eric Hemphill, Eric Hemphill Jr. and Caden Watts. And when you can completely erase a team's passing game and force them to be one-dimensional, you can stop them if, and it's a big if, you can out-physical them. Now, we saw Leander Rouse kind of out-physical Brenham in that sense. And I'm not saying they're going to dominate physically up front against all these powerhouses in 5AD2, but they can make teams one-dimensional. And if you can make a team one-dimensional, you can beat them, even if they might be a little more talented than you because they get predictable and you could design a scheme against that. So I think those two cornerbacks are fantastic offensively with Stackhouse calling the shots. They like to run the ball. They got a couple backs. Jose Lopez has been good. They have enough. They just need to be more consistent. And the one thing I saw against Rouse, and I keep going back to that. That was the most recently recent time I saw them. They kicked a field goal on fourth and goal from the two-yard line on the first drive of the game. I don't think you can win playing conservatively in the playoffs. And that, that may be going against the conventional wisdom, and we may have some coaches listening there like, Mike, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, I probably don't, Coach. You're probably right. But I don't think you could win when you're that close and not capitalize with six. So I'd rather see them go for it and play defense and make the team drive 99 yards against them then kick the field goal. So I want to see coach Allen be a little more aggressive, but yeah, it's a talented team and they have a couple D one kids out there, Like that talent eventually shines through. So I wouldn't count them out by any means. Well, before we go any further, uh, let's, let's call our shot. Uh, who do you think of these four teams makes it the furthest in the playoffs this year? Abigail, we can start with you. 
Um, yeah, you know, just the team that we just talked about, Burnham, um, I feel like they've, you know, other than College Station, College Station's probably a good um, second there, but it's going to be really tough to get past it and Ryan, we talked about it. I, I think they do have a chance, but um, that's, that's a tough region in and of itself and much less playing the number one team in area really, you know, after getting into playoffs. So I think Brenham for me is going to get my pick. Um, they've been really strong this season. Um, they have almost the perfect storm of, of having a really tough defense that can force a lot of things, force teams, like Mike said, to do stuff differently, but also force them to, you know, fumble here and there. They get an interception here and there. Um, but they also have a great offense to lean on with Stackhouse. Um, through the air and on the ground, he's really good either way. Um, you know, two weeks ago, they had about nine receivers who, who caught passes for them. Um which is good to have a lot of targets, um, especially when you have a guy like Stackhouse who um, is pretty consistent as well. Then you've got Cameron Richardson and, and Jason Lopez and Amir Johnson and, and receivers like that. Um, so I, I think they have the best chance to go. They've been great so far this season. And um, I, I think they'll be able to get um, farther than maybe other teams um, like College Station and um, who are in tough, tough regions that, you know, whoever gets, Whoever wins those, like we said, is going to really deserve it. Um, but, yeah, Brenham's my pick. What about you, Mike? I think the road lines up best for Brenham, and they have made it three rounds deep, I believe, each of the last two or three years with Coach Allen at the helm. But, but I'm going to say College Station, and I'm going to say that because I think they are the best team of the four we have remaining. And despite the hard schedule, I think what they can do offensively um, will cause trouble for anybody. And I really do – if they play Denton Ryan 10 times, maybe they lose nine or eight, but it only takes that one time to advance. And I, I don't know. They, they, they score 70 points. Like, do I think they'll score 70 against Denton Ryan? No, but they could do it in their sleep against almost anyone else. So I, I'll take my chance with College Station. That's a, that's a good pick. You know, I'm tempted to take College Station too. I think, I think I've just got to take Burnham though. I think the bracket just sets up too well for them. Uh, them playing at home that first round against Marble Falls. Uh, that's a favorable matchup. You know, in the second round, they could likely see Sherryland Pioneer. You know, that would be an interesting game. Where would they play? Maybe they play in San Antonio against a team from the Valley. You know, that's kind of a long trip. So that, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on if Burnham advances. And then, you know, maybe they play in Alamo Heights or it, maybe in the regional final, if they get that far, they play either Liberty Hill or maybe they get a rematch with Leander Rouse and get a chance uh, again at Rouse. But yeah, I, I really, I really think Burnham is set up to have the deepest playoff run. But College Station is a close second. That that Region Two in Division One Five A though, it is just so it is brutal. brutal. It, it, it is, is brutal. So brutal. And um, Burnham does. Burnham, Burnham's road definitely is the most favorable. Uh, but I'm glad I'm glad I went a little off the beaten path. Then, if, if we all pick Brennan, that means Brennan's losing on Friday. And that, that was a jinx, so. <laughs> Sorry, jinx. Coach Allen. You are safe, Cubs. You are safe. I saved you. Yeah. There you go. I want a championship ring if y'all make it to the full round. Now. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, now that we've now that we've discussed five A and six A, let's get into the state semifinals. There's only four teams left in four or three A Division Two and in Tap Six Man Division Two. So let's start with the Franklin Lions, okay? Franklin, coming off big 56-33 win over Buffalo in the Region 4 final last week. Now they're playing Wascom. 
Wascom. They needed a field goal in the last minute to win 44-41 over Elysian Fields. Elysian Fields had beaten Wascom earlier this season. This is a rematch of the 2015 3A Division II state title game, which Wascom won 33-21. Mike and Abigail, I know y'all weren't there, but from what it – and I wasn't either. But I remember watching on TV. Cease was there. He's in the office. Cease was there. What time did that game kick off, Cease? Like 9 p.m.? Yeah, it was over. Only, we only got our stories on the internet. Only got the stories on the internet. It was a very late kick. And it was the third game of the day of Brazos Valley teams. I might have for the first story just to get Dave Campbell's story into my column. And other stories went on YouTube. Gotcha. It was, it was on yeah, so very late game. Uh, Franklin, that's the – I think that's the I'm only surprised. time they've ever – I'm surprised Cease was awake for that. I feel like that oh, was I'm not. Cease C- 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 stays up pretty late. Yes. He's he's a night owl, that's for sure. Um, you know, Mike, I'll start with you. How impressive has this Franklin run been through the playoffs in Mark Fannin's first season? Oh, it's been crazy. And it's not just the playoffs. It's been since week number four. So they lost their first two games of the season. Mm-hmm. They had some COVID issues. They – had to cancel their game against Hearn. They lost by one to Lorena week one, and they lost again in week three. Since then, they've won 11 straight, and they're scoring 53.4 points per game, and they're winning by almost 21 points per contest. So it's not even been close. That They are blowing teams out of the water. I said water on purpose because y'all don't like when I say water like I usually do. So that, that is a Brazos Sportscast specialty for you guys. Uh, they are blowing teams out. And when is this going to air, Alex? Uh. Probably, you, probably later today. Well, this is before 6. Then you can see my story on Franklin's offensive changes at 6 o'clock. If not, you can see it on Twitter afterwards. But I talked to Mark Fannin about what tweaks he's made to this offense. And he pretty much said the slot T works. I don't want to reinvent the wheel here, but it's not a perfect wheel. How can I make this better? And in his mind, it was let's add at least some element of a passing game into the equation. And they've done that this year. They – I've only been here two years, and I'm sure Cease can tell you for the last 50 years, they've probably thrown less than five passes a season with Coach Hedrick at the helm. They just didn't throw the ball ever, ever. And this year they're throwing about four or five passes a game, which Coach Vannon says has just made teams not fully commit. Now, they still bring nine guys in the box, but as soon as they bring that 10th, Franklin has that innate ability to hit them over the top with Marcus Wade and then Hayden Helton on the outside or Bryson Washington getting out, and it's worked. They also have like seven different running backs that can go for 100 on any given day. Bryson Washington, Malcolm Murphy, Seth Spiller all have over 1,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns. They have so many ways to attack you. And the one thing that gets overlooked, the defense is really good too. Like the defense does not get the credit they deserve because the offense has been so good. But the defense has been really, really darn good. So they're good. I'll tell you this. They're confident. Uh, they want revenge from Wascom. Coach Fannin was on that staff that lost in 2015. Those players know what happened in 2015, and Franklin's never won a state championship in football. That is on their minds. Revenge is on their minds, and they are coming out hungry on Friday. And I don't know which one of you guys is going to the game yet, but Coach Fannin says, Abigail, Coach Fannin says, this might be the quickest high school football game in the history of high school football games because both teams run the ball 98% of the time, and it'll be raining. So yeah. he says this game might be under two hours total time. So just to FYI on that. You can get your story in before the other game started. There you go. So we have yeah. Abigail, I'm going to go to you because you're yeah. going to be at the game this week yeah. and you've covered Franklin the last couple weeks. You know, what, 
what do you think are the keys to victory for Franklin this week? Yeah, well, Mike just mentioned it. So they have to stop the run. Wascom, that's all they do. Um, and that's all Franklin has done. I mean, they, they do add the pass here and there. Um, I haven't seen it too much, I guess, in playoffs maybe. Um, you know, Marcus Wade getting those passes in. I know last week he only had um, about one and it was an interception. But um, they're going to have to stop Wascom's run. Um, that's, what they, that's what they go on. Um, that's all they really do. Um, so it's really about containing that um, on defense. But their defense has been very strong this season. Um, we've seen it all year. Um, I, I don't know if they've seen a real challenge yet. Um, other than the, the, that Lorena and Cameron game in the beginning, um, you know, and maybe last week against Buffalo, but only in the first half. And then the second half, they really took over. So um, it's going to be really important to, to, um, to stop that run. You know, I talked to Fannin as well. And, um, you know, this is obviously a big game for them against Wascom. They, you know, they took that, that state title away from Franklin, um, a few years ago and everybody really remembers that, but it's also, I think really important for them to not make this game too big. Um, Wascom is also a big momentum, um, team, you know, Fana was telling me, so they really, you can't let them go on runs. You can't, Franklin's got to answer back if, if Wascom scores and things like that. Um, and we've seen Wascom the, the past, their playoff run really has been a fight to the finish. Um, I know their past two games, one came down to, um, a key tackle at the end and one obviously last week was a field goal. Um, so this team plays the whole, the whole four quarters. They're not stopping at any time. Um, and Glenn, we've really seen them just take a big lead and, and cruise on that. Um, but they really have strong guys to do it. So <laughs> I see those guys coming out again. Um, you know, these are the same guys who were in middle school when the state title game was happening. They were there in the stands. I know Hayton Heldon, I talked to him. He was a water boy for the team at that Wascom game. He was on the sidelines. He rode the bus with them. Um, and, and these guys, don't they're, they're not forgetting that. I mean, they remember um, how, how tough that felt, especially for a good team. You know, that 2015 team was a good team. They had some good guys on it. Um, a lot of the guys actually made our all-decade team this, this year. So um, definitely revenge tour. Um, and they're trying to get that, but they really need to contain that run and, and uh, not let Wascom get too much momentum. Speaking of revenge tour, the other team here locally that is in the state semifinals this week are the Allen Academy Rams. They face Marble Falls Faith Academy in San Marcos at 6 p.m. this Saturday in the TAP six-man division two state semifinals. And Abigail, you said it for Franklin, but Allen's on the same on the same memo. They're they're on the their revenge tour, and it's alive and well for them. They're back in the state semifinals for the second straight season. They've been cruising this year after that loss to St. Joe's early in the season. They've they've had a tough schedule. They played, I think they played Calvert too. Uh, lost lost a pretty competitive game to them. Um, the Rams they're favored over Faith Academy by 25 according to SixManFootball.com. You know, Mike, what do you feel like is it is about this Rams team that makes them so good? It's their versatility on offense. 
I mean, they have Brent Tucker, who plays quarterback, but he's also a running back. And they bring in freshman Ethan Lucas, who can sling the ball. He had seven touchdowns in a game against Alpha Omega earlier this year. Then you look on the outside with Aaron Bogner and Jihu Lee, two receivers who can take the top off the defense. And in six-man football, I mean, there's so much space on the field. It's all about getting that one little angle, that one step on your guy and letting him fly. Now, when I talked to Coach, uh, Coach Adams before the season, he talked about this being – we're a championship team. We want to give back to the state championship level. They were disappointed at how their season ended last year against Harvest Christian, especially at Baker Field. And he said, this is the most locked in I've ever had a team be this early. I don't know what Cease is doing, by the way. But Cease must be having the call of his life over there. Alice, I can hear him from in here. But, uh, but yeah, he said this, this team is locked in, focused, and we are, we are ready to take that next step and prove we are a consistent contender in TAPS Division Two, They have proven it all playoffs. They've dominated their competition so far. And I don't expect that to slow down until they face their first real competitor, which probably won't be until the state champion. I'd be shocked if they don't win on Saturday. Not trying, not trying to jinx you, Coach. I apologize if I do. But I'd be shocked if y'all don't win on Saturday. No, I'm right there with you. I mean, the Rams, they are just rolling right along. And, yeah, I mean, they're – I was looking at the I was looking at the six man football rankings. I think they're number two in uh, the is it division one, division two rankings, or division two, division three. Yeah, and it's but they're behind was Emory Weiner, and they they beat them earlier this year. So, you know, the Rams are the favorites. So you got to You got to put your money on them if you're a betting man or woman or woman. Uh. Well, I think that's all. Um, man, we've got a jam-packed week. Um, Mike, before we go, you know, where can everybody catch the highlights on uh, KX this week? Well, I have the story on Franklin's offensive tweaks. That'll be on KX at 6 and 10 or on my Twitter handle. It's at KX underscore Lucas. And then Friday Night Lights, as always. It's a miniature version this week. We don't have a full rundown of highlights, but we will have highlights from as many games as we can get. Uh, that'll be Friday around 1020 on KAGS. Awesome. And Abigail, where can our listeners read your story on Franklin this week? Yeah, it'll be on Friday's paper. Um, we're going to be talking about Wascom and kind of reliving that state game a little bit with those guys who've been there or who were there in the stands, you know, at 12 years old. Um, and still remember that game. But um, it'll be in Friday's paper, and you can find it online at theeagles.com. And I'll also be at the game on Friday. Um, and I'll be in Tyler, so you can follow me um, on Twitter at, at Abigail Ochoa 88. Abigail, you better go to Stanley's Barbecue in Tyler, okay? That is, my, that is my suggestion. And to all the Franklin people who are listening that are traveling there, go to Stanley's. It's the best. All right. Mercado, Mercado's is really good, too, if you're looking for Mexican food. You get a free ice cream cone at the end, too. That is, that is a deal. That is a deal. All right, so um, I'm going to get a good meal in, and then I'm going to go see this quick game that's supposed to happen. Yeah, you'll race. catch them by close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, thanks again for Mike for joining our show as one of our favorite guests. And uh, be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter and tweet us your scores at Brazos Sports. Follow us at TheEagle.com. Like and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, hopefully we've got games to talk about next week. Uh, everybody's, everybody's season's on the line. So uh, best of luck to all of our teams this week. 
and uh, we'll see you soon.